before we get back to the floor, I'd just like to acknowledge uh, the local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples up here in the Blue Mountains, and we've had a few yarns um, up here as well. Um, and there has been some uh, people who have who have felt as though they've been left out uh, during the regional dialogues, and 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 finding it hard. Some people found it hard to get on board with the Uluru Statement from the Heart and the Voice to Parliament because right back then with the regional dialogues, our mobs weren't consulted from up here. I was just wondering if you had a, um, a thought on that. Yeah, yeah, very important question. Um, so I got involved, I, I became involved in that process because, you know, I was an advocate and, you know, organising rallies and all those sorts of things and ended up at the Darwin Dialogue. And um, for me, what I saw was a process uh, that was unique uh, in that it was very well resourced in, and able to reach the entire continent, you know, region by region. Um, and it was led by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Uh, Professor Megan Davis was, uh, you know, the, the person that designed the dialogues um, as in having a formula to try and ensure there was a cross-section cross of perspectives and experiences so, uh, and cultural authority at each of them. So there's 100 participants at each of those regional dialogues. Um, and that wasn't to exclude anyone, that was to ensure that it wasn't just the loudest of our mob that were used to being heard, you know, skewing the results, but the, the frontline service workers, the healers, you know, those quieter advocates, um, those types of things were factored in to ensure there was a cross-section. Um, and, you know, and then coming together in that culminating convention at Uluru uh, to, you know, synthesise uh, the priorities that were set in those dialogues to reach a, a, a common, you know, a consensus position. But the thing I say about this process, and, and you know, I hear loud and clear um, the concern is that there is no perfect process. But I really think, you know, if you, if you think about that history of the struggle, you know, what we considered in those dialogues, uh, and the logic and good sense of what we're proposing, I reckon if we ran that process again, you know, with 10 times as much resources and 10 to, I mean, the original hope was not 13 dialogues. Um, the, the leadership was seeking something, the resources to run uh, something like 30, over 30 um, dialogues. But I think if we had 10 times the resources, 10 times as many people involved, if we had, you know, every single Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people involved in the process, we'd reach the same outcome. You know, we need a voice. We need to do something different and protect it in the Constitution and have the Australian people back it. Um, and that is the best next step. Um, it is not the solution to all things. We're not going to see things change overnight with a voice. But we're going to see them change much quicker. And when you have a representative body, then you can do all sorts of things with it, right? Um, and so I think that's an important thing to consider. And the other thing I say is, if we're going to wait for another process to be, you know, perfect, we're never going to do anything, all right? So we've got to make a decision. Do we use this opportunity and get an incremental step forward as our elders did to see us counted, you know? Or do we sit on our hands and wait for someone else to do something for us? No. 
we have this opportunity, it, it's our time now. <coughs> and finally to that, um, I think a lot of people are concerned about voting about something, about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, as if you're doing something, you know, uh, without us, you know. Um, but this is genuinely with us. You know, there's the Uluru Statement process itself, but then there's multiple polls that show over 80% of us uh, are voting yes, okay? And some people say those polls are, are the sample small. No, it's not. 800 of 800,000 is actually a considerable sample compared to 3,000 in normal political polling of something like 15 million. So you can be confident that you're voting with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people when you write yes in the ballot box. Yep.